Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you? Happy Mother's Day. And let me just say, because I didn't get to see my mom today. Hey, mom, I love you. I just want to tell her that, you know, if she's watching. So I love my mama. Not going to lie. All right. Hey, let's pray and let's get started, okay? Father, we love you. Thank you so much for today. Uh, Thank you that we can be here and worship you today, Father. I just pray right now, Lord, that your spirit fill this place so that we can hear your word today, Father. I pray, Lord, that we not be distracted, Father, in any way, but, Lord, that you would just open our hearts, Father, to your word today, Lord. We love you, and we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we jump in right away in 1 John chapter 2, uh, verses 7 through 11. 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 through 11. This is what the Word of God says. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard, and at the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light. But whoever hates his brother, whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Now, if you are a visitor today, thank you for being here. Appreciate you guys being here. I'm Dave LeBlanc. I am the adult pastor here, or one of the pastors here that gets the privilege of preaching here. And we, are being, we have been going through a series called This Way out of 1 John chapter 2. And basically what we're doing is we're taking 1 John chapter 2 and just kind of dissecting it and preaching through just that one chapter. Two weeks ago, we looked at 1 John chapter 2 verses 1 through 6. And to understand that, we basically said, how do we avoid walking in the wrong way? And how do we avoid walking in the wrong way? So John was pointing the believers or trying to encourage the believers of Ephesus to go the right way in their walk. Because false teachers were coming into the church at the time and they were teaching all these weird things and they didn't understand what was going on. So they weren't sure, well, am I supposed to walk this way? Am I supposed to go this way? Am I supposed to listen to them? And John is going, no, you're supposed to walk this way. You're supposed to go this way. As he says here in 1 John 2, 6, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. So our walk should imitate Jesus Christ. Our walk should be that of we're walking like Jesus Christ. We're looking like him. We're doing everything like him when we're walking in our, in our daily lives. So in 1 John 2, verses 7 through 11, John is encouraging the believers now to love the right way. How do I love the right way? So in a sense, he's going, hey, I want you to love this way. Do it this way. And to love in such a way that it is evident in our lives. Now, what does this evidence look like? What does this evidence look like? Okay. In 1 Corinthians 13, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to kind of read a little bit here and just kind of show you a few things from 1 Corinthians 13 that Paul writes about love. Now, Paul does not define what love is. He more describes it. He says, hey, this is what it 
looks like. He says love is patient, love is kind, rejoices with the truth. Now that's annoying. That was annoying. Thank you, Tim, for being annoying. No, I'm, no, love is patient. I'm going to be patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It's not, it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing. So this is the right way to love. We're to love this way. Now, the reason Tim, I knew he was coming out, by the way. He didn't just, that would have been weird if he would just come out and just hit it at someone. Then we'd go, there's something wrong with him, probably. <laughs> it was supposed to be annoying. It was. That was the whole point of this, to be just annoying and to kind of get you a little flustered, like, hey, why is he doing this? Why is this happening? And here's why. Because in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says, before this love idea... He says, if I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And if I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, But have not love, I gain nothing. So imagine for a second here that what Paul is saying in Corinthians, he's going, look, you can sit there and say you love and you can do this and you can have prophetic words and you can have all this Bible knowledge. You can have all these things. But he says, it could be as if you're like a noisy gong that is annoying. You could be like a clanging cymbal that is annoying. And I want you to just understand here, I'm not against drummers. I'm not. I love drummers. I think the drummers are the heartbeat of the band. They are. They are. They are. No, anyway. I love drummers. But the the point that Paul is trying to go is, hey, look, this is what it's like when we don't love, when we say we love, when we do all these spiritual things, when we act like we're these spiritual people, and yet we have no love whatsoever. It's like a clanging cymbal or a noisy gong. So how do we make sure love is our way of life then? How do we make sure that love is our way of life? Well, he tells us in 1 John chapter 2, verses 7 and 8. This is what he says. He says, Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. And at the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you. Because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. So here's the point of this. How do we make sure love is our way of life? First of all, love must be our first priority. It must be our top priority. It must be the number one thing as a believer in Christ to go, this is the one thing that I'm supposed to do. 
I'm supposed to love. I'm walking with Christ, and while I'm walking with Christ, I'm being loving. I'm loving people. I'm loving God. I'm loving others. He says from the very beginning, these Christians were taught to love. And John made it a priority in their lives to teach them Jesus' love, to show them. He says it's not a new commandment, but an old commandment. You've been taught this old commandment. Yet it's new because in verse 8, it's true in him and it's in you. The darkness is passing away and the true light is shining. So love is not some new concept. Has anyone here not heard of love? We all heard of love. We know what it is. We know the idea. It's Mother's Day, so everybody here is even giving cards to mom or we're doing something for mom. Like my wife is already telling me, she said, I am not cooking. So you better figure it out, Dave. She already told me that. You know? So I know. Kids, you better think of something. You better do something. No, we're going to take her out to eat, and I'm going to pay for it. You know? It's going to be awesome. We know what love is. We know the concept of it. We know what it is. But sometimes it's just hard to do. But what Jesus does here, when he says it's a new commandment, Jesus shows love in a way that no one had ever seen before, making it essentially new. So why should love be our first priority, church? I'll tell you, this is the easiest answer I could give you. Because God wants it to be our first priority. He wants it to be our first priority. Deuteronomy 6, 5 says this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. He says in Leviticus nineteen eighteen, You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. So essentially God is going, we are to love God and we are to love people. And then Jesus would repeat, or, or would repeat these commandments when asked, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And what does he say? Love God and love people. It should be our top priority, our very first prior- priority as believers. So what I want to do today, I want to give you an acrostic to maybe help you. Okay, because I know we talk about love and we're a church and we're supposed to be loving and all this, these things. But let me give you this acrostic that I found. It's not, a, it's not original, but I thought it was very helpful to us. L. Listening when another person is speaking. Listen to when another person is speaking. That's the first one, L. Listen to another person when they are speaking. So we can show love to someone when we actually listen to them. The definition of listen is to give attention with the ear, attend closely for the purpose of hearing. Now, men, I say this because I know that a good portion of us do not listen to our wives. The only reason I know that is because I am chief of that. I do not always listen to my wife. I will say that. I love her dearly. I do. But here's the thing. Sometimes she will say things to me, and I will just agree. And what I mean by that 
as I don't hear what she's saying, and I'm not listening necessarily what she's saying, but I am agreeing with her, and I will just say that it gets me in a lot of trouble. Does any man, any man in this room do that? Come on. Yeah. Show the love, man. Come on. We all know you do it. We know you do it. There have been times where Julie would tell me something, and, I, I, and I'm just kind of in la-la land, or I'm in my phone, or I'm watching TV, or whatever. I'm doing something, or I'm, I'm, I'm working in the garage. I'm doing something, and I don't know about you. I've just got kind of one track, you know. She can be talking to me, and I'm like, uh, it's like Charlie Brown's teacher, you know. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, I have no idea what she's saying, okay. But then she's go, she says, did you get that? And I'm like, yep, I sure did. I'm like, yes, I did get that. I, I got that loud and clear, and I have no idea what she said. So then what happens is I forget to pick up my kids. Things like that. Just minor stuff. Minor stuff. Little things like that. I forgot, you know, and every man, we've, men, we do that. We have a hard time listening, paying attention. And sometimes Julie will go, are you paying attention? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Can you say it again? You know, I kind of I slip in the say it again thing just in case. Calvin Coolidge says, he was the 30th president, he says, it takes a great man to be a good listener. It takes a great man to be a good listener. If we're going to love, we need to listen to what another, when another is speaking. We need to listen. And, and listen, folks, I do listen to my wife sometimes, by the way. So don't think, oh, what a bad husband. No. I do listen to her sometimes. Only when I want to hear her. Anyway. Oh, there's L. Listen. O is overlooking petty faults and forgiving all failures. Colossians 3.13 says, Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, and you also must forgive. Sometimes it's hard to forgive people. I realize that, and I know that. But as a believer in Jesus Christ, that is what we're called to do. If we're going to be loving, then we have to sometimes overlook petty faults. Sometimes we have to overlook and forgive failures. C.S. Lewis says, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in you. It's a good quote from C.S. Lewis. So overlook petty faults and forgive all failures. V, valuing other people for who they are. Value other people for who they are. Philippians chapter 2 verse 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than Yourself. Now, I want you to notice how this is done. He says, but do this in humility. Count others more significant than yourselves. I have a funny story. We were walking that big, long bridge that goes like from, that's a kind of Mississippi, and it goes to the uh, Arkansas. Y'all know that big bridge? Have you ever walked the big bridge? It's like, I don't know, like 10 miles, it feels like. I think it's only like a mile, but it feels like 10 miles. And we have our kids with us, Right? And we're walking, and, you know, we're walking along, and, you know, you've got to stay on the right because there's a guy on a bike that could run over you, and he's screaming, so you've got to move over. So we're walking along, and, and uh, 
I, I asked my, my daughters, and I, I, I know one of them was walking with me, and I said, hey, I said, what would you do if, like, your little brother fell over the bridge? I know. It's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. What would you do? You know, like, like and I mean, and it was like this. I don't know. Like, absolutely, like, I don't know. I, I, probably nothing. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, we're a Christian family. And she's like, she's just like, who cares if he goes over? You know? And so she asked me, she goes, well, what would you do, Daddy? I said, I would jump over this bridge and jump in that water after him. <laughs> and, it, you know, it was kind of like, what? Parents, wouldn't we do that? Wouldn't we do that? We would. Now, the brother and sister may not, but the parents would. We got to value other people for who they are. Man, let me tell you something, guys. Sometimes we got to look at people and go, you know what? Okay, they're not like me. They're not like us. We don't do everything right. We don't, we're not, we don't sometimes gel. But do we value people for who they are? Do we value them? E, expressing love in a practical way. We express love in a practical way. If a brother, James chapter 2, verse 15 and 16 says, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace and warm and be warmed and filled without, going, without giving them the things needed for the body, he says, what good is that? So you're wondering, like, how can I express my love in a practical way? I'll tell you one way to do it. Okay, I know it's Mother's Day, and man, let me just tell you something. Sometimes we forget, I know we forget to give them gifts, and we forget to do all that. Y'all know that there's a, like a, basically a bake sale today in the chapel? Now, here's the thing. Here's what it's doing. You can go buy some baked goods to help with missions, and then, guys, you can get out of the hole by giving this cake or whatever it is to her. It's a win-win. It's a win-win. I did it last year. I may do it again. Just to show some love. We've got to express our love in a practical way. So listen to others. Overlook petty faults and forgive all failures. Value other people for who they are. And express love in a practical way. Love must be our first priority. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, there is no excuse that love is not our first priority. All over the Bible, you can read 1 John, the rest of 1 John, and that's all he talks about is love. This is how it's done. This is what you should do. We're supposed to love. Second reason, how do we make sure love is our way of life? Look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 9. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. So the second reason is love must be consistent. It must be consistent. Now, here's the thing, though. He says, whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in the darkness. Now, what is he saying? Who is, who is that whoever says? They were the false teachers within the, within, that were infiltrating the church who would love one day, and then they, they would hate the next. They would love this brother over here, but they would hate this one. 
See, if we say we walk in the light, if we say we are walking with the Lord and we hate our brothers, he says we are still in darkness. And what he's saying here, you are walking in sin, is what he's saying. Danny Aiken says there are no shades of gray when it comes to John's discussion of an individual's relationship with God. One is either in the light or in the darkness. One either loves his brother or hates him. You notice that there is no gray? He goes, you either love or you hate. It's as simple as that. And it's as as harsh as that. You either love or you hate. So what John is saying, hey, love must be consistent. Don't one day go, oh, I just can't stand all of this. And I hate this. And I hate these people. And I don't like this. And I don't like that. And then the next day, be, oh, no, I guess everything's okay. Our love should be consistent, not inconsistent. 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 and 12 says this, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. Verse 12, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's righteous. And then look at verse 15. Everyone who hates his brother, watch this, is a what? A murderer. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. And I was thinking, man, that is so harsh, isn't it? It is so harsh that he's going to go, no, you don't understand. When you're hating, when you have the heart to hate, you are like a murderer, he says. I found this quote. It says this, hatred is the desire to get rid of someone, whether or not one has the nerve or the occasion to perform the act. I'll say that again. Hatred is the desire to get rid of someone, whether or not one has the nerve or the occasion to perform the act. I've got a younger brother. He's 11 months younger than me. And man, let me tell you what. We would fight all the time, all the time. My brother and I would get into fist fights. I mean, it was pretty bad. Anybody have any, anybody fight with your brothers? Oh yeah. Oh yes. And I'm not talking just fights. I'm talking drag out fights. Okay. My brother, just simply this, he got on my nerves. That's all I can say. He got on my nerves. So one time, man, we were, we were just kind of, you know, arguing about something. We're getting into it. And i never forget, we were at a family reunion. Good old Louisiana family reunion. Oh, my goodness. And uh, we were there, and I had this crazy uncle. Love him to death, though. The best uncle ever, all right? And I remember he would watch us. And, man, we, me and my brother, we'd just look at each other. We'd just stare at each other down. we just... Just, just, just ready to get after it, you know? And this uncle of mine, he would go, in a real soft voice, he'd go, I know you love each other. And man, that was it right there. It was like, it was like he just said, go! And we just went after each other, and that was it. As soon as he said, you love each other. It was like we just had to fight it out. You know that? But see, that's, that's just brothers being brothers. That's just siblings fighting over little petty things. We're not supposed to hate, folks. We're not supposed to hate. We're supposed to love. 
We're supposed to listen to people. We're supposed to, we're supposed to overlook failures. We're supposed to forgive people. We're supposed to value people. We're supposed to express this love towards people. We're supposed to do it. So love must be top priority in our lives. It must be first. It must be consistent. But third, it, love must be genuine. It's got to be genuine, folks. 1 John 2, verse 10 and 11 says this, Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, genuine love does not cause anyone to stumble. And what he means by that in the New Testament, that word stumble means to sin. Our love is not going to cause someone to sin. But if we, if we stay in the light, if we're walking with the Lord, then my love is then genuine because I know where the source of love comes from and I will not cause anyone to sin. I'm not saying we're, gonna, we're not going to be, you know, we're not going to be perfect. I realize that. But the goal in all this is to, hey, you know what, to love in such a way that no one sins. Love in such a way that you're not making a brother or a sister stumble. 1 John 4, verses 7 and 8 says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. So what is he saying here? He says, love is from God. So if I love, it's because I've been born of God, and I know God. So we are able to have genuine love because of the transforming work of God in our lives. That's the whole point of this. If God has truly transformed you as a believer in Jesus Christ, then you have no excuse but to love. No excuse. This is why Paul says in Romans that God's love has been poured out or poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So if you think you're here and you go, I can't be loving. Well, let me tell you what. God has said, I've poured my love into your heart directly so that you can then love others. So that you can love God and you can love others. So it's not something that we can fake, or maybe we can fake it, but it doesn't go very well, does it? And here's why. Because he says in 1 John 2, 11, he says, whoever hates his brother, he says, you're in the darkness. You're walking in the darkness. You are lost and you are blind, he says. So if love is a priority in our lives, which I hope it is, if it is consistent, it's not wavering, if it is genuine, if it is real, then everyone will know it. Everyone will know it. Everyone will know it's from a life that has been transformed by Jesus Christ. Church, we are to love in such a way that honors our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we are to do. So if you want to make this practical, listen to people. Forgive people. Value people. And express love in a tangible way towards them. That's how we love. That's the most practical way we can do it. Do the little things that help. Do the little things. Because let me tell you right now, church, there are young people 
watching everything that we are doing. Young people are watching everything that we are doing right now. We are either loving or we're hating. We're either loving or we're hating. Central, I hope we love. I hope we love. Because that is exactly what God wants us to do. Let's love the right way. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Father, I hope we don't just say that we love you. But Father, I know that, Father, you loved us so that we can love now. And Father, I pray for us right now, those that are believers, Father, that you would give us this love and this love would come out in such a way, Lord, that not only is loving to everyone around us, but Father, but it honors you in a great way. And Father, I pray for those that are here today that are not believers, Father. I pray that they would know your love. I pray that, Father, you would just grab a hold of their heart, Father, and change the heart. And, Father, I just pray right now as well that you would just do a great work, Father, here at Central. Do a great work in the churches around us, Father, all around us, Lord, all around this world, Father. Help us to be a loving body of Christ because that is what you have called us to do and to be. Thank you for your love, Lord. Thank you for your love. And it's his precious name that we pray. Amen. If you're here today and if you have no idea what God's love is about, we have a prayer band over here. You can ask questions. Some of our pastors will be here as well. I will be down here at the front. We'd love to talk to you today, okay? Happy Mother's Day.